Welcome to Dismantling the High Performance Narrative, a podcast that challenges what it means to be a high performer. Here are your hosts, Lauren Williams and Rob Kalvaroski. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Dismantling the High Performance Narrative. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. I just wanted to jump on before we get into the episode and give you a trigger warning or a disclaimer. This show, I go very deep about suicide, about depression, and I hope that, one, it helps you, but two, if you're really struggling and and this is a trigger for you, please don't listen to it um, and and really reach out and get help. There's, I'm not going to give you a specific helpline because I know that many of you are around in different places in the world, but search for your local helpline and please get help. I really can't reinforce this enough. And I know you've heard my story before, but just asking for help one more time and really having the strength to persevere is what this show is about. And I really hope that you do that. So with that, with that in mind, here's the podcast. Welcome back to dismantling the high performance narrative. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. Today, I want to tell you a story, and I didn't want Lauren to be on this show because I wanted to give this story space. I wanted to give this story space, and I didn't think I could tell it as a part of an interview. I didn't think I could tell it in the way it needs to be told, even on video or even with someone else. But this story is one of the reasons why we started this podcast. I told this story as part of a mastermind group that Lauren and I are in. And after I was finished telling this story, Lauren, she opened up about her story with depression. That I felt so understood. And this story, to me, it illustrates the point of this show. The point of this show that things can be so bad, and yet you pretend that everything's fine. And I wanted to put it out this week, this week over Christmas, because I'm a poetic guy. And a year ago, I told my story the first time about depression on my own podcast, on Rob's Reliability Project. Then this is my next step. Since that day, a year ago, I've been thinking about telling you this story. I've been thinking about telling it because I felt like I had to. I felt like I had to not only to heal myself, but because so many of you struggle 
the same as I have, the same as I do. So here's the story. This is the day that I almost took my own life. It was a Sunday in March of 2013. I remember it well. It was a warm day. It was unseasonably warm for March. At that time, I had been depressed almost a year. And I had been receiving care for this for about one to two months. And you know how that story went if you listen to episode three of this podcast. When I started receiving care, they started giving me medication. And it took me into a real dark place. I went from sleeping six, seven, eight hours per night, being able to work out, being able to do all these things that I was propping myself, propping myself up with to not being able to sleep much at all. I started sleeping two to four hours a night. My depression got worse. The suicidal ideation got worse. And I started having violent thoughts, not only to myself, but also to others. It was a very dark time for me. I was also doing therapy with a psychiatrist and we were playing with different medications and at this point I was on I believe my third or fourth SSRI or SNRI and then also I was on my second or third sleeping medication. My brain chemistry was messed up, it was distorted. I was reaching for help in any place I could. Over that last year, I had done phone counseling with the EAP. I'd gone to a life coach. I had seen medical doctors, gone to the hospital. And I was talking to a friend of mine who was deeply religious. And she was sending me passages from the Bible. I talked to a few people at work that I knew went to church. And they recommended this church. That's why I remember it was a Sunday. I went to church for the first time and the only time in my entire life. I relate to being an agnostic. And so I went to church because I felt like I needed something. I felt like it was the only way forward. I felt like it was the only path to getting meaning, the only path to getting purpose. And I remember sitting in the pew watching the service and I prayed. I prayed that God would reach down and touch me to take my pain away, to give me a reason to live. And it never came. At the end of the service, they passed around a comment card. And I wrote my phone number down. And I asked the minister to call me. I needed help. 
and I was grasping at anything to give me that help. I decided I wanted to go for a run. But because I hadn't been sleeping and because of the medication, I had no energy. And so I walked across the street and I to the grocery store and I bought a can of energy drink and a loaf of stale bread. The reason I brought the stale bread was because it was warm out. And I thought I could go down to the river's edge and feed the ducks and get some joy, some relief, some feeling other than the existential dread that depression leaves you with. And I remember standing on some rocks on the river's edge. The ducks surrounded me. I was feeding them and I was drinking my energy drink and I was listening to a podcast and I felt nothing. I felt dead inside. I felt the void. So I went home. I went home and I waited for the caffeine to kick in. I lay on my couch and I waited for that caffeine to kick in and give me energy so I could go for a run, but it never came. There comes to a point with caffeine where there is no energy left. There's nothing left to tap into. Your heart just beats harder and faster and you feel nauseous and that's it. And that's where I was. I lay on my couch and I started listening to my YouTube playlist. All those songs that you turn in in your darkest moments, the songs that speak to you. And I couldn't take the caffeine, the over-caffeination anymore. And so I did the only thing I knew how to do. I started to drink. I thought that I could level myself out by drinking alcohol. One beer turned into two, turned into six, turned into all of them that I had in my fridge. And it just got worse. I lay on the couch, crying, hopeless, the dread overwhelming me. No purpose, no meaning. Is life going to be this way forever? And the walls closed in on me. It was a Sunday night, so I decided I needed to go to bed. I had to get up. I had my therapy with my psychiatrist the next morning, and then I had to go to work. So I took a sleeping pill, and I went to bed. I lay in bed, and the alcohol, the caffeine, the thoughts, the medication... The dread, the pain, it all closed in on me. 
couldn't sleep. So I got out of bed and I took three more sleeping pills. And then I went back to bed. And again, the sleep never came. In a moment of agony, in a moment of uncontrollable powerlessness, I got out of bed and I took the rest of the bottle of sleeping pills. There was about 20. And when I swallowed that last pill, I realized what I had done. And I didn't know if I would wake up the next morning. And I got that regret that all survivors get. I didn't have meaning. I didn't have purpose. I didn't have a reason to continue. And I wished almost all my waking hours that I could take my own life. And yet, when push comes to shove, the will to survive carries you through. And that's what I felt. I didn't have a reason to feel that way, but I did. And then I wrote a suicide note and I left it on my kitchen table. The suicide note had three lines. The world is a vampire. From the Smashing Pumpkins song. I'm an alien. I'm an alien. It's a beautiful rain, beautiful rain. From the song by Bush. And I signed it peace, love, and empathy. For those of you who are Nirvana fans, you'll know that that's how Kurt Cobain signed his suicide note. And I signed my name at the bottom. And as a further shout out to Kurt, I put a D in my name because he spelt his name wrong too. And then I went to bed and I blacked out. I woke up the next morning and I felt the most shame I've ever felt in my entire life. I needed to be better than this. How was I not better than that? How am I not perfect? And I tore the suicide note up into the smallest pieces I could and I threw it out. I pushed all that emotion deep inside of me and locked it in a box. And I went to my therapy session with my psychiatrist. And like any true high achiever, I didn't tell him anything. I pretended like everything was the same as a week before. I told him I wasn't sleeping. 
And then then I went to work. And I pretended like nothing happened there either. You'd think, like you'd have a moment of clarity, you'd think that you would find inspiration, you'd find meaning, you'd find at least the will to say, this is not working for me. I need out of this. I need to quit. I need to move to the beach. I need to find purpose. Otherwise, I'm just going to end up in the same spot like this. But I didn't find any of that. I almost took my own life and I didn't even take a day off work. Because that's what high achievers do. Not long after that, my psychiatrist told me I needed to move and get a new job. That was my last session with him. I had already come to that conclusion and when I was looking for help in, in a better way. And so I took medication for another six months and then I did quit and then I did move. And I stopped asking for help ever since. My psychologist thinks I gave myself PTSD because I didn't receive the care that I deserved. I would agree. And that's one of the reasons for this show. I didn't want to go back to therapy. I felt for six years that no one would understand me, that no one got me, that no one understood what it meant to be a high achiever, a high performer, and to pretend like everything's good on the outside, but when you're crying out for help on the inside. I closed off to all emotions. I closed off to everything, and I did the motions of what someone should do, who someone should be. And I can't do it any longer. There are so many problems wrong with how mental health is treated in this country. There are so many things wrong with how EAPs can only give you five to 10 sessions for depression, how you go to a doctor and all they really do for you is give you medication and send you home, how therapists are very much trial and error and medication is very much trial and error and you have to persevere over and over and over again. And some of us just don't have the strength to do that. I just know that I'm lucky. I'm lucky that I couldn't go to a store and buy a gun. Because I don't know if I would have done it, but I definitely would have put it against my head. I fantasized about that. 
for the last eight years. But but the sweet relief of sleep forever. But that's what this show is about. As Soliurna from Godsmack says, we are all imperfectly perfect. And more than that, we all deserve love. We all deserve support. We all deserve community. We all deserve to be heard and to hear. And I showed up today for you. And I gave you everything that I have. That is my deepest and darkest story. Before today, only a small group of people in the world knew that story. And I tell it to you because I know that you're going to resonate with pieces of it. And I know it's going to help you. And I know that if you're struggling like I did and you believe that maybe life is just not for you. Or maybe you believe that there's nobody who can help you. There's nobody who can bring you back. That I hope it just gives you the strength to ask for help one more time. (laughs) I hope it gives you the strength to pick yourself up off the mat from another medication that didn't work, from another therapist that didn't work, from another therapy that didn't work, from another pointless attempt to get help and ask one more time. Because you deserve to ask one more time. You deserve to find your path out just like I found mine. We all deserve to feel happy. We all deserve to live a life that fulfills us. And the most important part of this show to me is we all deserve a space where we can show our imperfections and be accepted for our imperfections. Because we're not perfect. It doesn't exist. And yet, we deserve to be loved anyways. I hope me sharing my story helped you. I hope that me showing up like this for you today inspires you to tell your story in your community. And we can spread our stories and our imperfections 
to the world so then we can break down what it means to be a high performer. We can break down the narrative that we all have to be perfect, that everything needs to be amazing, that we all don't struggle. And I want to thank you for listening to me. And I want to thank you for hearing me. Thank you. Stay safe. And please, 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 don't, don't stop asking for help. <laughs>